This is Radio Play Colab, a creative collaboration between Spokane Public Radio and Spokane Playwrights Laboratory. On this episode, we present the one-act play, Conscience. It was directed by Juan A. Moss and stars Danny Anderson, Marley Andrews, and Kellen Trinal as a trio in a tug-of-war over temptation. But who ends up having the last laugh? Be sure to stay tuned after the play for an interview with the playwright, Sandra Hosking. And now, con science. I need this beer. No, I don't need this beer. I want this beer. Be honest with yourself, James. One sip. What if I take just one sip? Listen to yourself, James. You're in a dark alley talking to a beer bottle like a schizo. What if I just open it a little bit? Smell it. Whatever it is you're thinking about doing, don't. Who says I'm thinking about doing anything? I can see it on your face. Nice angel dress. It's a shift. Sorry. You headed to a costume party? No. Where did you come from anyway? Hello. I'm an angel. Oh, yeah? Where's your halo? Don't wear one. That is such a stereotype. I suppose you think I spend all day on a cloud. See, this is what's wrong with society today. People making assumptions. I'm sorry, did you say you're an angel? Oh, am I supposed to be all warm and fuzzy and la la la? Another stereotype? What are you bugging me for? I noticed you were having a moral dilemma. What makes you say that? I heard your soul loud and clear. It's thirsty. Where were you ten years ago? Vegas. Now that's a town full of people with dilemmas. Well, bugger off. I can handle this myself. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. This is where I come in. If all you're going to do is tell me not to open this bottle, save yourself the trouble. I have an ex-wife for that. Look, man. I'd much rather be sitting on the shoulder of a bikini-wearing babe whose deepest thought is why her indigo nail polish looks icky in the sunlight. But I was in the proximity when I heard your soul call out. So now, I'm obligated. Well, unobligate yourself. You can't be my conscience if I actively ignore you. Your response to me is surprising. You don't act the least bit impressed that you've been visited by a celestial being. How am I supposed to react? Most people regard me with shock and awe. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? Your shift is filthy and frighteningly a bit see-through. Your hair is unkempt. Is that Cheeto dust on your lip? It's the cloud cover. In the sunlight, I am quite fetching. Right. Please, let me be your conscience. Do I have a choice? Yeah. Then I want Jiminy Cricket. Har, 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 har. What? He doesn't exist? Oh, he exists. But he has a waiting list. Too bad. Come on, let me help. 
What are you thinking at this moment? About how to make you fly back to the cloud from whence you came. <laughs> I've been trying to do that for years. No such luck. Awooga! Have mercy. Who the hell are you? Odd choice of words. Or insightful. The name's Demon. Wow. You don't look like a demon. You're stacked. In the rotted flesh. Where's your pitchfork? Excuse me? See? Stereotypes! I understand you're in need of a conscience. Ha! Don't look now, human, but you have a rat following you. Hey! I know, but he won't leave. Typical. It's how their side operates. Cram goodness down your throat until you throw up. We prefer to let people weigh in all the pros and cons. They eventually come around to our way of thinking. Which is what exactly? Yes, do tell. Well, that bottle, for instance. Yes. This should be interesting. The bottle itself is neither good nor evil. Neither are the contents inside. It's what you do with them. That's what I say. This is such a crock of sheep's nuts. Everyone knows the best way to break a habit is to remove the obstacle. So black and white. There are other ways of surmounting obstacles. He doesn't need your kind of help. And he doesn't want yours. I'm working on that until you arrived. Are you kidding me? He was about ready to kick you to the curb. That's what I'm going to do to you if you don't disappear right now. Ooh, I'm shaking in my heels. Wait a minute. Are you guys fighting over me? Don't get a big head about it. A man can only have one conscience. So you, James, have to choose. I'm not sure I like the choices. Would you rather drink yourself into a stupor? Well, yes. Good job, Angel. That wasn't a response I was expecting either. And you wonder why you get all the crap jobs. Excuse me? Rupert here. <laughs> Excuse me, did you say Rupert? Thanks, a millennium. Is a low-level cherub. He's one lost soul away from shepherding gnats. Lost soul? Thanks to the oil spill. No need to bring that up. Ten years of cleanup. The captain was a terrible drunk. All those little blackened birds. My God. It was a beautiful thing. Only you would take joy in something like that. Where were you when it happened anyway? Like you don't know. Your charge is falling off the wagon off the coast of Alaska, and the guardian angel is nowhere to be found. Yes, where were you? Wait a second, demon. I've seen you sway entire convents. Why are you so interested in this guy? No particular reason. I was passing by, same as you, and I heard his soul cry. My soul does not cry. What about the time your ex broke your bootleg Michael Jackson record? Wept like a baby in the bathroom. You saw that? I think I heard about that. Back to the issue at hand. This isn't exactly your neighborhood, demon. You usually hang out at various embassies and Hollywood treatment centers. What are you doing down here with the middle class? True. I am slumming it. Hey! I've got a quota to fill. Same as you. Quota? I figured alcoholic, bottle of beer, easy mark. I'm not easy. 
That's right. My friend here has a stronger moral fiber than that. We're not friends. We're not even acquaintances. <laughs> I don't need you, either of you, to tell me how to handle this situation. Of course you don't. And I wouldn't presume to tell you what to do. That's just not what I'm about. It isn't? No. Careful. I'm just a consultant. Consultant? Is that what you're calling it now? Go on. It's not like you're the first man to experience this situation. And I know it's not your first time. I agree with Angel here on one count. You do? You are strong. So strong, I'm convinced that you could handle anything life throws at you. One little bump in the road isn't going to ruin the whole trip. He's too smart to fall for this bunk. What happens when you drive over a speed bump? I slow down. And? I keep going. Right. You keep going. Angelica over here is trying to make you feel like this is the end of the world. But it isn't. No, you're right. It isn't. It just isn't. It may not be the end of the world, but it may be the beginning of a journey you don't really want to take. You've been at this point before, yes? Many times. So, I ask you, consider the choice you made. Consider what happened after that choice. So ominous. No wonder no one listens to you anymore. Consider the choice. Makes me want to spew. You know... I could have pointed out that the last time he drank himself into oblivion, he woke up wearing a pink Speedo and handcuffed to the captain's bed on a fishing boat headed to the Philippines. I remember that. Barely. I could bring up the time he had to sing for his supper at the old woman's house in Poughkeepsie. And when I say singing, I don't really mean singing. You. Thank God I don't remember that. You're welcome. What's your point, Angel? My point is that I don't point out those things. I want Mr. Man here to think of it himself. I'm just a guide. You mean like a tour guide? Yes, I guess you could say that. <laughs> I know why you're here, Demon. You've been blacklisted. I wasn't blacklisted. What then? Demoted. A first lieutenant. Demoted. My conversion rates have slipped a little. More than a little, I'd gather. I figured a few quick temptations ought to get me back in the game. I saw genius here with the bottle. Easy money. So I don't even get a top-of-the-line devil? It's true. She's only a little bit wicked. Don't be fooled by this life exterior. I'm as wicked as they come. Now, be honest, Angel. What happened to the halo? Nothing happened. I didn't lose it, if that's what you mean. You said you didn't have one. I said I didn't wear one. None of us do anymore. Why? There have been a rash of incidents. What kind of incidents? Muggings. <laughs> oh, did someone steal little Angelica's widow halo? No, I still have mine. Where is it? Uh-uh, I'm not falling for that. I've never seen a halo. It's not that exciting. Not exciting? A perfect round hoop about this big, solid, 
gold and oh, how it shines. Sounds beautiful. Now you can see why they are so desirable. But who would want to steal from an angel? Who wouldn't? Isn't that like a straight shot to hell or something? You say that like it's a bad thing. No, but it should be. But why would someone steal a halo? Hello? Solid gold? They're all the rage on the divine black market. They make great nightmare catchers. So I've been told. You've seen them? Lots. Probably stole a few. What would I do with a cheap trinket like that? Oh, I don't know. Masquerade as a being of the cloth? He has a point. Please. If I wanted to prance around in a skimpy dress, I'd hang out with the Kardashians. Hey, I just realized something. What? I'm not thirsty anymore. You're not? Not at all. That's fantastic. Prove it. Throw away that bottle in the trash. I will. Good for you. Yes, good for you. That way you can get it back after we leave. Wait a minute. That wasn't a false conversion to get rid of us, was it? Not at all. The temptation has passed. I'm truly not thirsty. You're a liar. And I love it. But don't think you're going to get rid of me that easy. You heard the man. He doesn't need you. Or you, so you can leave. Uh, after you. You first. I'll go. Not so fast. What? It's over. It was fun at first, but now it's just creeping me out. What's the matter, James? Can't handle being confronted by the truth of your weakness? Lay off of him. He's small potatoes to you. Not thirsty, my forked tongue. No alcoholic I know says no to a drink that easily. I believe I just did. Bye-bye. Don't you walk away from me. Wait just a minute, demon. Get your hands off me. You're not thinking about committing some unnatural act on this poor innocent, are you? Innocent? He's up to something. Can't you feel it? What is that to thee? Stupid angel. More bronze than brains. This despicable creature took your good intentions, spit them back up in your face, and you're just going to let him walk? Yes. Free will. Free will? Oh, I know all about free will. Free will to live in the deep recesses of the earth where it's a 50 billion degrees in the shade. The wailing, the gnashing of the teeth, the lack of universal health care. Your choice. My choice? My only fault was listening to that silver-tongued sylph. Satan? How beautiful he was. How the music of his voice filled heaven. My downfall? Wanting to be near that voice. Who wouldn't want that music? Music is just music. But the big boss couldn't stand a little competition. An object in itself is harmless. It's what you did with it. And he? The one you serve? What does he do? Wastes his energy on these poor, pathetic excuses for a spirit. He lowers himself to the earth and allows himself to be born? All hell rejoiced as the nails were pounded into his flesh. Oh, my God. My God? My God! I'm going to rip your spleen out! Not on my watch! Get your hands off me! 
Unclean spirit, infernal invader, in the holy name of he who made us be gone. Big words for a small creature. God of heaven. God of earth. No. God of angels. God of prophets. No. Hell no. God who has the power, deliver us. Deliver me. I'm just... Integrating! Oh, what a world! Jesus! It's okay. She's gone. Sent back to H-E double hockey sticks. Is this real? Yes. How do I know? Faith. I'm ashamed to say it, but I've never really had that. I know. How do I know? Psst. Check this out. Is that a halo? Wow. Shh. Why do I get the feeling you just saved me from something really bad? You saved yourself. I couldn't have done it if you didn't want it. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, there's one more item of business. I'm going to dump this bottle. Well done. Would you like me to walk you home? No, that's okay. Where will you go now? I'll probably go find a cloud somewhere, catch up on the gossip. Okay, so that's one stereotype that has a grain of truth. Before you go, how about a hug? Jesus, no! Come on, bring it in. It's a bit tight. That's the best kind of hug. Oh, have a blessed day. Bye. And thanks. Well, well, well. The mortal is alone and vulnerable. That didn't take long. Nice job. The... I don't need you stuff was especially convincing. Next time, lay off the deliver me crap. It's damn painful. Sorry. I had to commit to the role. So, did you get the, uh, thingy? Maybe. Quit messing around or I'll roast you where you stand. Relax. I got it. Show me. Quid pro quo. Beer. Here's your six pack. Now show me the halo. See? It's more stunning than I thought. What are you going to do with it? Oh, I have special plans for this little baby. Like what? What is that to thee? Hand it over. Patience is a virtue. So is not messing around with a being who can turn you inside out. You have a point. I know I'm a lowly human, but put yourself in my place. I'm a man with certain appetites. I'm aware of that. I guess you could say I'm a slave to that appetite. Yes. And you've been very giving. Yes. I have to ask myself the question. Why? Why? Yes, why? You've swayed entire convents. Why me? We've known each other a long time. Yes. Yes. 
I've watched you. I know you. And I know you. You're working it. You see right through me. I'm glad we had this talk. So am I. Well, so long. Ahem. Booski? I'll roast you. Fine. All yours. It's lovely. Wait a sec. What? I see something. What does that look like? A word? What the? Is that gold, gold paint? paint? Whammo! Oh my god. Oh my god! It's a frisbee. <laughs> Very funny, Rupert. I need a beer. I'll have one of those. You got it. You've been listening to a Radio Play collab production of Conscience. Conscience was written by Sandra Hosking. Juan A. Moss directed this production. Danny Anderson played the angel, Marley Andrews played the devil, and Kellen Trenall played James. Braden Clark and Grady Naughton were responsible for sound design. Script coordination was handled by David Bullis and Scott Dowdy on behalf of Spokane Playwrights Laboratory. Tanya Ballman wrote the Radio Play collab theme tune, and Now Now Space is our sponsor. I'm E.J. Ionelli, and I've been your host and producer on behalf of Spokane Public Radio. And now, here's an interview with Conscience playwright Sandra Hosking. After chatting about her earlier plays, we discussed how this play originally came about. So, I don't remember the year, but Spokane Civic Theater has a Playwrights Forum Festival, and I was invited to submit a play because I think I was co-playwright-in-residence at the theater at the time. And Co-playwright-in-residence with, with Brian, Brian Arnato? Arnato. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he is my mentor, actually. And uh, that's what I wrote it for. Um, and that is definitely like a 20 to 30-minute time constraint. So I was writing to that time frame. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing to do is like create characters that are opposites. So I thought... What if I had an angel who wasn't all sweet and helpful, but just angry all the time? And that's how it was kind of born. Yeah, and they kind of play against type because then you also have yes. this demon who's very seductive. And, yes. Yeah. Although maybe that's not playing too far against type. I don't know. I haven't yeah. met any. <laughs> and so where did the inspiration for this hit? Did you just start with, hey, I think I'm going to have an angel? Or did you think? Maybe the plot twist occurred to you, and then you thought, oh, I'll write to the plot twist. I think I started with character, and that's usually where I start. And then um, the plot twist, I don't remember why I did that. I just remember thinking I want to experiment with this plot twist. I wanted to see if I could do it, if I could surprise the audience. And I was really happy with the way it came out. I don't want to reveal anything, though. (laughs) Well, there's a visual element to this. Correct. And this was also an issue with Brothers Before, where there is this box that's a physical element or a visual element in the play. And then we have a medium like radio, where there is no visual component. 
how exactly did you adapt these elements to the radio? And was any of that challenging? It was challenging, but what helped is getting to work with uh, Juan Moss. He's a great director I've worked with before. And then, of course, your feedback. Um, just sometimes as a playwright or a writer of any kind, you write something, but you are too close to it. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't have the perspective that I needed to kind of translate it for radio. So I took that feedback and listened to how they were experiencing it, how, well, I couldn't see this on the radio. And then I just took each of those prop elements and we tried to find a way to make it audible. And I think that the sound design team is coming up with a great way to represent each of those pieces like the angel's halo mm -hmm. or a bottle being broken or something like that. And, of course, the demon initially was called Shax. Yes. And it was one of those things that when you have that visual touchstone, you can look at it and say, okay, I associate this character with that name. But oh, when true. it's all auditory, it's a, it's a very, very different story. And so that was one thing I think that we had to change in an early read-through to make it clearer who we were talking about. Exactly. So it just became easier from a listening standpoint to call the demon demon, right? Mm -hmm. And then the audience doesn't have to think about who is that. And as a playwright, you know, you talked about being close to the work. Do you also feel that you can, as a writer, maybe be a bit precious about certain things and say, no, 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 my character is called this. And it's very hard to separate that name from the character as you've conceived them for so long. <laughs> never. I'm never <laughs> precious about my own work. That was sarcasm. Yeah, there's certain things. I know in the past, when Juan and I worked together and he's directed my work, there were a couple times when I didn't want to change something, but he kept saying, but it works better this way. So sometimes it does take a discussion or a little debate, but that is what art is all about and creating art um, and collaborating with other people. So theater is very collaborative. Playwriting is very collaborative compared to other forms that I write in, like fiction or poetry. And I really love that aspect. And do you still feel as though the play remains true to the play that you conceived? Um, do you feel as though changing these elements made it depart too strongly from the play that you had envisioned all those years ago for the Civic? Oh, not at all. I think it's just fine. I think um, it's like a new translation of the play. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now there's this auditory element that I never thought about. And it may be that when I hear the full thing, that I might keep some of those elements for the next round. So I think that layer now has probably become part of the play and part of the story. And was there anything in particular, any of the changes that made you think about things in a different light, maybe see a character a bit differently? Well, you brought up the demon's original name of Shax. I don't even remember why she was called that. I think I had looked up different demon names. Mm -hmm. I do. I use Google a lot for weird things. <laughs> Please don't look at my Google search history. But I think Shax was a demon name that I found. And I thought, oh, well, that sounds good. But I didn't put that much thought behind it. So actually, maybe that is one thing where going through this process, and it made me ask myself the question, why did you choose this name? And if you can't justify it to yourself, then maybe it shouldn't be in the play at all. Mm -hmm. So. And any other thoughts on conscience? You know, as the playwright, is there anything that you're hoping that the audience takes away that you're, you know, you sit there and you, you 
imagine someone listening <laughs> to this and you think, oh, I really hope they, they got this one moment. Mm-hmm. My hope with any play that I write has humor in it, but in this case, it's a comedy. I just want them to laugh. I want them to listen and I want them to laugh and make them smile. So that's one thing. As far as the plot goes, I'd love it if they were surprised and couldn't see it coming. It's in the name. Or hear it coming. Or hear it coming. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Um, It's in the name, Con Science, and I wrote the title for a reason. I'm I'm kind of hinting at the fact that not, not everyone and everything is as it seems. Excellent. Sandra, thank you so much for joining me today. You are so welcome. That was an interview with Spokane playwright Sandra Hosking, and this has been Radio Play Collab, a creative collaboration between Spokane Public Radio and Spokane Playwrights Laboratory. You can listen to this broadcast again at spokanepublicradio.org. For Spokane Public Radio, I'm E.J. Ionelli. Thank you.